Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home The in-state recruiting battle kept ripping in the Treasure State as the Bobcats landed a trio of talented Montanans over the weekend, and high school football had another unpredictable Friday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanet. Five of the first six in-state recruits to commit for the class of 2021 pledged to Bobby Houck's Montana Grizzlies. But over the weekend, Montana State swung back, landing three highly regarded prospects. First, Florence standout two-way lineman Ethan Abbott, who currently leads the top-ranked team in Class B and will play defensive line at MSU, gave his commitment. Then came the Dowler twins, Taco and Caden, a pair of electric and fast wide receiver and defensive backs out of Billings West High. Those three are among four Montana products committed to the Bobcats. The other is Burke Bastel, a lineman from Red Lodge. Montana currently holds commitments from Helena High quarterback Caden Hewitt, Helena linebacker Marcus Evans, Hamilton quarterback Tyson Rostad, Missoula Sentinel defensive end Zach Cruz, and Kalispell Glacier kicker Patrick Rohrbach. A pair of the most noticeable prep football results of the week came from two Western Montana Class B contenders. Fresh off a 52-0 win over defending state champion Manhattan, Florence Roll past number seven three forks 43 to zero on friday and loyola a team that did not score a touchdown last fall won for the second time this season by outlasting the free-falling tigers 20 to 14 in overtime the biggest upset in the class double ranks friday came when upstart butte posted a 34 20 win over hewitt and number two helena high this espn missoula sports center is brought to you by selway armory Montana. Welcome back in. Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things sports each and every day around the great treasure state right here on 1029 ESPN Radio. 
as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. You can also tune in around the planet Earth on the YouTube channel. Just head on over to YouTube and subscribe. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. We are broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, New to Missoula. They're located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. So head on over if you want to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Great first hour. Heard from Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as ESPN Missoula. Uh, he gave us a breakdown of the Missoula Paddleheads. Actually, we had just a discussion about the Paddleheads, and they are on the brink of a championship for the Pioneer League. They won last night, so they need one more victory in their next two games against the Boise Hawks in Idaho's capital city to secure the Pioneer League championship. We also talked about Bishop Sycamore, which I still have no clue what actually is happening here. It might be the greatest prank in the history of the world. Uh, and then we also talked a little bit about the Big Sky Conference as well, specifically the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, but also uh, some scores from around the league. Also had Bryson Smith from the Zula Country Club swing by to tell us about their great youth program, uh, their PGA Junior League, one of the best in the state. They went to regionals in Oregon and were just one stroke away from making it to nationals. So very cool for our local youth golfers. Also gave you some Tagliari Delicatessen, best sandwiches in Missoula, and also debut of the 4015 with Andrew Houghton. Uh, he interviewed Chris Chitavisky, the soccer coach from the University of Montana. So we'll do that uh, twice a month here on Nuanas Now, giving you a roundup of all things soccer specifically with a Montana angle, but also around the world with uh, all the different levels of soccer. Because I know soccer is becoming more mainstream, especially out here uh, in rural Montana. You can find everything in today's first hour on the podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. It's a Tuesday, so he's my good friend and a great contributor to this show, Justin Angle in studio. He is a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School, and it's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. And, Justin, I know that the last time you were in, first of all, great-looking haircut you got yourself there. Yeah, I think we have the same barber. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And they charge you a lot less when they just, uh, when they just buzz it, right? Not, not as so fancy stuff. When you do stuff. it yourself, they charge uh, very little. It's <laughs> a good investment But to you have. get what you pay for. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, I mostly just go for the beard. You know, my, my hair is going the opposite way now. We're going from the ears down rather than the, the ears up. So, there you, go. you know, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. But regardless, last time you were in here, school had just begun at the That's University right. of Montana. Now you're a couple weeks in. Um, it was so awesome being back on campus this last Saturday, doing our pregame show before the Grizz game. It was so great being in a packed Washington Grizzly Stadium. Um, but just... Now it's been a couple weeks. What's it like uh, down at the University of Montana campus? Man, a ton of mixed emotions. I got to tell you, it is it is exhilarating to get back in a classroom. You know, I teach a room that's 150 students and 150 seats. It's mostly freshmen. It's kind of the welcome mat for the College of Business, and it feels great to be in that environment again, interacting with these mostly kids. Uh, although we have a wide range of students. Um, but it is not without kind of some angst about COVID. I mean, we got high case, case counts here in, in, in Missoula. A lot of them are young, uh, among younger people. Um, fortunately, in my class, you know, all of the students are, have been wearing masks and seem to be being responsible. And But, uh, yeah, it's sort of it's some mixed feelings about it for sure. But it is great to just be back on campus, I'm oh, 100%. sure. Yeah, yeah. No complaints on that stage. I mean, it's it's why we do the job. I didn't want to be a college professor so I could teach in Zoom. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, getting it with the students and making connections and relationships and trying to make a difference in pe- young people's lives. I mean, I can try to do it in Zoom. I do the best I can, but in person, there's really no substitute. I was talking about this, actually, with somebody uh, 
that's uh, that I'm close with that, that is very familiar with the the human psyche and the way yeah. psychology works. And I think there's this sort of broad notion that that Zoom has been this great addition. And in certain ways, it has. It makes a lot of things more efficient. There is certain ways that um, whether it's meetings or media interviews, certain things like that, it's definitely adds an element of convenience. But as w- this person and I were discussing. I think that we never really understood truly the effect of human energy and the magnetism between humans and just the way that speaking to somebody and just being able to see the way that their eyes move and their hands and all, all of these things. I, there was a, uh, during the height of all of this, you know, I would spend five, six hours a day on Zoom. And you would have thought that I was had fought a fire for 14 hours. I was so tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't figure out why. I was just sitting on my, yeah. on my butt, not doing anything. And I was so tired, so drained. But that's part of it. And, you know... Like, I hadn't seen Travis DeCure in person until last week. I hadn't sure. seen him for almost two years. And I went up to him. I was like, well, I want to hug you and whatever. But I was like, good to see you, man. Like, this is just great to see you in person. So I don't think we really realized how much it drained us. So I'm happy for you, even though it is a little bit of a tenuous situation. It's great that you at least get to be in front of the kids and actually get to feel their energy. Yeah, and I think that, that I mean, that's it's what, it's what folks want. Whether or not what we want is what we should be doing. You know, I'll let other people answer that question. Uh, I just sort of do what I'm asked to do and um, try to be as safe about it as I can. And it feels good to be doing it, you know, and it probably feels great to be at football games and at the you know, live sporting events and all of those things. So it's, it's cool to, um, yeah, just kind of feel that again. We had talked, uh, I guess it was two business angles ago, about some sort of logistics and, and theories and, and potential and possibilities, but no real affirmation, of uh, the sale of beer at uh, football games. Well, this happened. I think that it was actually sort of funny because it started having a little rumblings about it, and then by the time they actually announced it was going to happen, I think most people kind of knew that it was going to happen, so it didn't quite have the windfall excitement behind it, but yet still... People were uh, excited by it, and uh, I think that logistically, I think it went pretty well. I haven't really followed up with anybody at Montana about it, but interesting because it is an opportunity for uh, new revenue. So I know that we probably won't see the returns of this fully until after the season is over, but it seems like there was apprehension behind possibly adding this, Uh, but it seemed like this is, by and large, a good thing, especially when it comes to the business and economy of a football game. Yeah, lots of dimensions to this. Yeah, it seemed like by the time it actually got rolled out, it was not a big surprise. And in some ways, for a controversial issue, like that's not necessarily a bad thing from a PR management sure. standpoint. And if we pull the lens back, I mean, there's sort of this this set of national trends. A lot of the big college football schools eliminated alcohol sales in the early 2000s. And the thinking was around bad behavior. The thinking was around um, trying to create a more family-friendly experience. And now we're seeing schools sort of come back into the practice of selling alcohol at the stadiums. Um, USC, one of the big schools to announce it uh, recently, UCLA is bringing it back. Um, And it can't, you know, it's probably no coincidence that this resurgence of alcohol sales in stadiums, you know, though it's sort of being couched in trying to improve the the customer experience, and in many ways that's arguably uh, true, but these are all programs that need to kind of recreate revenue as fast as they can, right? They had a year with empty stadiums, and you got universities looking to looking for creative ways to build revenue. This is certainly one. And, you know, with regard to how it rolled out at Montana, I think having the beer garden is a great way to kind of like 
ease into the strategy, right? You sure. go whole hog, you have it in a controlled environment, yep. and you sort of see how it goes. And, you know, we didn't hear any horrible stories. Nope. Generally speaking, we're not going to hear people say, hey, that was awesome. Sure. But if something went wrong, we'd certainly hear that, and we didn't hear anything like that. That was the, one, the scuttle that I heard from the game. I didn't really hear anything about the beer garden, which I think, uh, to your point, that is, that, that's what you want. I did hear... A lot of grumblings about the mobile tickets. Sure. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I understand I understand why this gives people apprehension. You know, I, I got my mother uh, some season tickets. Uh, she she just, it, it was a challenge to get, get the tickets. I mean, I, I, I understand. It's new technology, all that stuff. But it also seems like something they could smooth out. So, I mean, what do you think of just the general thought process of mobile ticketing? Because it seems like... Of course, it's going to be bumpy initially, but it seems like once this becomes more uh, commonplace, that it, it, it could go a little, a little smoother than it has. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's like any kind of any kind of challenge of trying to change a, cons- a customer's behavior to get the customer to do something right, different, right, to right. consume your product in a different way. Um, That's why people are resistant to it, right? It's not even that it's that difficult because it's not actually that difficult. No, it's, it's just, just that change. It's just that this, you know, this guy's been printing his tickets out for 30 years. He just wants to print his tickets out. 100%. I mean, think about when the airlines went to boarding passes on your smartphone. Oh, man. I know, like, uh, the first time it came up and I had the occasion to fly, I was flying out of Boston Logan Airport, and I was with my kids, and it was like, no way am I relying on this new technology. I used to think of it all the time. What if I get up there? It doesn't work. I got to get the exactly. printed out thing. Exactly. And so that was the sort of feeling the first couple of times you flew and you could see there were hiccups with the tech and whatever. But now it's just sort of second nature for folks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think sort of mobile ticket or ticketless entry is going to be more secure, ultimately um, harder to counterfeit, although it opens up uh, a system to a whole new range of challenges and problems. We can talk about those. But ultimately, you know, you got to kind of get over this hurdle. Customers will eventually adopt it. There'll be some grumbling. There'll be some problems. But, you know, it's been happening in Missoula with concerts, sure. um, you know, with Logjam. It's seamless. And uh, eventually the sporting events will be just the same. People will adapt. One, it's a business angle with Justin Angle from the University of Montana Business School. Here on Nuana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Business angle every other Tuesday presented by Blackfoot Communications. Another thought I had, too, is there's this um, sort of undefinable but uh, optimistic hope that the success of a football team is directly correlated with then the financial impact that that football team can make on the athletic department, mm-hmm. the university, and from a marketing standpoint. And it's been a little while since the Grizz football team had a win that, that is beyond just what the, the sporting fan public is going to consume, Yeah, a win that everybody is talking about, a win that... You know, the person that is running the cash register down at the good food stores, never watched football in their lives, is still hearing about that happened the first weekend of the year. Mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend, Montana went into Husky Stadium. They knocked off the Washington Huskies. To me, they couldn't have had a bigger win unless maybe they took out like Alabama or Clemson because not only was Washington ranked number 20 in the entire country, but you talk about the regionality. Yeah. You talk about the crossover. How many people from Seattle live here? How many people from here Go to Seattle. Everybody knows about Washington. Everybody knows about Husky Stadium and Montlake and the, the prestige and beauty and and uh, just everything that goes along with uh, the dogs and, and, you know, the purple pageantry and all of it. But I, I know we don't have any sort of uh, defined statistics yet, but I can tell you just from a, an anecdotal standpoint, 
there's no doubt that that was a paramount win for the University of Montana, not the football team, the the school as a whole. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I mean, the person with probably the biggest lever to affect enrollment and ultimately cash flow at the University of Montana is Bobby Houck. And um, yeah, that is without question a huge win. And a particularly resonant win because, yes, that Pacific Northwest market is a huge region for us to draw students from. And so now you've got the University of Montana top of mind in a whole segment of students, parents, uh, maybe you know not just the guy at Wardens that doesn't follow sure. football. It's maybe people throughout the Pacific Northwest are like, what? Well, University of Montana, where, yep. where's that? I want to learn about that. It seems like something cool is going on out there. Whoa, they beat the Huskies. They must be legit. Like, right. It just kind of draws people into the conversation. Brand awareness, is that's like the first pass that a brand needs to uh, to do to succeed in the market. You got to have people aware of your offer. And this is the best way to get people aware of the offer. But now we got to close the deal. Well, I saw a, uh, I, I can't remember if it was a tweet or some, some, it was some sort of encouragement from the Grizzly Alumni Association, University of Montana Alumni Association, encouraging people that lived in Western Washington, specifically in the greater Seattle area, to wear their Grizz gear the, yeah. that, after the week. Because now all of a sudden you have an army of people marketing for you, and anybody that likes the dogs, they're going to say, well, great game by Montana. When are we going to fire Jimmy Lake? But still, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's... It, it, Grizz stuff is getting noticed in the largest city in the Pacific Northwest all of a sudden, too. So that in itself is like this army of guerrilla marketers without even having to pay a dollar for it. Yeah, that's a classic study. You kind of referenced the effect from, uh, I think it was Robert Cialdini, psychologist at Arizona State, Basking in Reflective Glory is the title of the paper. Wow. And he shows that you know, fans the day after a win are much more likely to wear the gear from their team than sure. after a loss. And yep. so, and you situate that in a community where the brand is maybe not as prominent. Now it is. And it's also resonant with its whole other audience. That's all, all of a sudden attuned to paying attention to it. It's kind of like when a new car rolls out and you sort of, you, you see an ad for it and you see this new model and you're like, what's that? It's, it just catches your attention. And all of a sudden you notice all of these models around the, 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 uh, the community. And you're like, oh, something's going on with this new Subaru or this new whatever. I got to pay attention. The, the, uh, the branding of a sports team too. I was at a grocery store Sunday morning getting some stuff for breakfast before we are going to have yeah. a couple guys over to watch the NFL. Seahawks guy. I got a guy wearing a Seahawks shirt. I said, hey, what do you think about the game against Indy today? Instantly, you know, I just say what's up to him just because, okay, I know that they're on national TV. I know they're playing the Colts. Where does that rank, though? Because you're a marketing guy. You know all about marketing. Where, where do you think just sort of the, the branding that comes with sports teams mm-hmm. ranks in terms of, like, brand recognition and, and starting conversations like that? Well, it's usually at a regional level. Right. Like people sort of, whether they're sports fans or not, they sort of understand brands. So you understand the Seattle Seahawks. You associate that with the city, like the Yankees in New York, the Red Sox in Boston. And we talked about this, I think, last time I was in the studio. I just gone to a Red Sox game at Fenway Park. These are sort of iconic brands that define communities. And so you take this this win that the Grizz had in Seattle you know, there's this, there's this, this sort of population of folks that could be interested in the University of Montana that don't know much about it. Now, the only thing, the first thing they know about it is, wow, this like upstart team from this small town in the big sky state comes in and knocks off 
Washington. And not only does it, like, it wasn't a fluke play. It wasn't like a crazy scoring game. It was like a physical dominance of a big-time team. And so the way the team won, I think, was just as important as just the win in terms of establishing some of these brand associations that, you know, people that don't know much about University of Montana now associate it with, you know, punching above its weight class and being super tough and physical and sort of consistent with maybe your your pre-existing notions of the state and being sort of wild and, and you know, big sky state and like having all this. Absolutely. Yeah, all these other attributes that sort of fit with that. So fit is really important when you're talking about building brand. That's so interesting that you say that too because, you know, we've talked about this with uh, Grizz basketball before because Travis DeCure, he hails from Seattle. And he has recruited, by and large, guys from two major metropolitan areas, the Seattle-Tacoma mm-hmm. area and uh, the Bay Area, the, the Oakland, mainly Oakland, but Oakland-San Francisco area. And so uh, his teams maybe look a lot of times atypical to what you'd expect yeah. the cliche of a Montana sco- team to look like. That's where this this Bobby Howe coached Grizz team, from a marketing perspective, is perfect because yeah. they look I shouldn't say look. That's not the right way to say it. They play, and their identity fits, like you're saying, the Wild West, rough-and-tumble, hard-hitting, blue-collar, workman-like football team. That's what Coach Alk wants. It's not an accident, but I do think it's uh, it's perfect from a marketing standpoint, especially when you're talking about regionally, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was great to see him follow it up with for a sure. dominating defensive effort, um, shutout effort for the defense yep. uh, this past weekend. And so to be able to kind of follow that up sort of fits the story. Certainly not a win is resonant, but but to be able to sort of prove that it will. We'll see if it proves that it wasn't a fluke, but certainly uh, existing trends look promising. Justin Angle joining us here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN, as well as SWX Montana Television. This is the Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications, the overlay between business and sports. Uh, another consistent narrative we've had around here, Justin, when you and I are talking, is about sports gambling and sort of the, the windfall that it's become. And even when gambling was on the brink of becoming legalized in Montana, mm-hmm. uh, of course it's going to be a huge revenue stream. It's going to be a big moneymaker, particularly when it comes to the Montana lottery running Sports Bet Montana. And uh, even then, though, because of sort of the taboos that are associated with gambling, there was a lot of hesitancy, especially when it comes to traditional media, like we're on right now on radio and television. And so when the stuff first started coming out, we're thinking, okay, well, we can only ever talk about it in a podcast. We can't do it on the live radio. And now it's to the point where we have sponsored gambling segments where we're analyzing NFL lines. And, you know, the whole thing is, is sort of in and out, uh, but it's become almost normalized almost instantly. So you're sitting here watching Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, DraftKings, yeah. Caesar's Palace. It's it's amazing. I just I couldn't believe how quickly it happened. Yeah, change happens really gradually, and then all of a sudden, right? And you see that whether it's with sports betting or with like marijuana legislation, you see how quickly, like all of a sudden, you know, dispensaries and other sorts of businesses being around, being on Higgins and Main Street or whatever are just sort of commonplace, and we adapt to it. It is. It is a little um, jarring, I guess, for me, the right word is, to see that sort of advertising. Um, And, you know, you wonder, like, sports needs, and we talked about this last time, like, sports needs to have some level, the competition itself needs to continue to be sacred and have integrity. Sure. And, and, And betting on sports 
presents some conflicts of interest. And so there has to be like partitions, I think, between the players and the betting. And that, you know, I, I think that advertising for betting during games on television doesn't necessarily bring the betting mechanism closer to the athletes, but you know, in the minds of some customers, it it might uh, create some conflicts of interest that may or may not exist, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. I, I, uh, one way that sports illustrated has sort of pivoted in, in this strange world of making print survive has been, especially during times where there's not gigantic, national events like the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals going on is to have issues that are basically themed. And they had an issue a couple weeks ago leading up to football. They, they was like their last summer-style issue mm-hmm. all about sports gambling. There's eight features in there all about sports gambling. And basically the overall thesis was this has been happening on such a gigantic level behind closed doors. Yeah. So in, in the actual way to make it more regulated, more savory, and more beneficial to every person involved in it and take it away from maybe some uh, entities that are less than savory, uh, less than legal, is to, is to regulate it. And I guess the, the main statistic that they cited was twofold. One, the number one state in the union for gamb- sports gambling revenue is New Jersey. Hmm. Not surprising because New Jersey's had Atlantic City uh, where you can go place bets basically at a, a Vegas-style sports book, and it's the closest place to do that. to New York City, the largest metropolitan area in the country. But they also said that that area received what they would estimate to be the the least amount of revenue boost if you were just estimating what the revenue was before it was legalized. In other words, even though New Jersey made $60 billion on sports gambling last year, it's not actually that much more than they would have made otherwise. It's just more regulated and now more out in the open. Yeah, and so we see that in other markets as well. I mean, you mentioned alcohol sales, right? And so you bring alcohol sales into a legal regulated um, status at games. And the argument is that, you know, not only can you draw more revenue from it, you can tax it, all these other mechanisms, but, you know, it'll be a safer enterprise because it, it is public in a way, forcing these underground markets above ground. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Well, also, there was the, the big gambling controversy with Tim Donahue, who was the center mm-hmm. of it with the uh, yep. NBA referee. This also, if, if the bets are being made in a legal fashion at legal sports bet kiosks, Montana or otherwise... Then there's also a paper trail. There's a record of all of it. Right. Instead of Tim Donahue calling his bookie in upstate New Jersey and, you know, it's a handshake deal about a phone call. So, I don't know. I I feel like it does reel it in a little bit. Yeah. And I think, too, like, be interesting parallel, I think, with, like, fantasy sports, right? Sure. And and fantasy sports is really drawn in so many people into watching sports and watching sports in a different way. Like they'll follow their players on different teams and, and pay attention to a, a variety of teams in different ways. And so, you know, not only sports betting, but all these sort of interesting prop bets that you will be, you know, you've been, you've been allowed to make, and I'm sure there'll be a proliferation of access to that type of betting. It's like all the secondary markets in, in finance. Um, there's just going to be so many different ways that people can participate and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that affects people's consumption of sports as well and what they're paying attention to, how they're paying attention to it. Yeah, it's a lot of change on the horizon. A Business Angle, Justin Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin, a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School. We do this every other Tuesday. I want to go back around to the mobile ticketing just because we just received a text uh, 
I would say from our most loyal listener, that would be my mother. Uh, but this is a great point. Well, that's good. This is a great point. Uh, and you had mentioned, you told a story a couple weeks ago about when you use mobile ticketing at Fenway Park, mm. which is certainly a cr- more than crowded venue, a very popular venue. But you had bought the tickets from a secondary seller on mobile phone, and he had texted you the tickets, and you were apprehensive yeah. about, you know, was the ticket going to work? Is this a QR code that's actually valid? That's one concern, certainly, the transfer of mobile tickets and uh, the potential scams behind them. Uh, but my mother, she says, mobile ticketing seems like it's inherently discriminatory as not everybody has a smartphone or the technology to do mobile ticketing. Huge numbers of people, especially in rural areas like Montana and especially people that don't live in, quote-unquote, Montana metropolises like Missoula, yep. they don't have smartphones. I actually totally agree with that. So just your thoughts on that element of it. Yeah, I think access is is uh, is an important issue, and you have to think about it from a marketing standpoint, like making your product as available to as many people as possible. At the same time, like trying to create the most efficient customer experience, you know, managing costs, managing uh, counterfeit risk, et cetera, um, yeah, that's a tough one to address. I know that sort of before we came on today, I was looking at the the Gristix website and their FAQs, and you, there are still are paper options. You still can't print a paper option if that's if that's your only access. If you don't have a smartphone, there's ways around it, but it's more of a hassle. Right? For sure. Well, and and like, well, the thing the thing I learned was if you download your ticket, if you accept your tickets digitally, then you have to basically get rid of those tickets. Yes. They have to be destroyed by the GrizzTix system in order to then resend the, the paper tickets. Yep. It's a hassle. But that's ultimately like what you're going to see with different products that are being phased out, like land telephone lines. They're going to become more expensive. They're going to become a hassle to maintain. It's going to be harder to get a service tech out to your house. Like, you know, businesses don't want to sustain that product line. Sure. They sort of have to to keep legacy customers on the hook. But you know, ultimately the platform is moving and, and eventually people will get there. There might be some people, unfortunately, hopefully your mom, you know, has a son who can help her out with these, uh, no doubt, these, uh, electronic tickets, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. She calls me. I call Tommy. That's what we do. Yeah. Tommy figures it out Works. for me or Andrew, whatever. I, you know, I just leave it to the young guys. You got a whole fleet of IT support. <laughs> That's exactly right. Justin Engel here on Nuanas. Now it's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Pleasure as always, my friend. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Good times. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Treasure State Stars of the Week, some of the best performances from the gridiron at the college and high school level right here on ESPN Radio. Keep it tuned. Back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. ESPN Missoula Sports Center.
The in-state recruiting battle kept ripping in the Treasure State as the Bobcats landed a trio of talented Montanans over the weekend, and high school football had another unpredictable Friday. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Five of the first six in-state recruits to commit for the class of 2021 pledged to Bobby Houck's Montana Grizzlies. But over the weekend, Montana State swung back, landing three highly regarded prospects. First, Florence standout two-way lineman Ethan Abbott, who currently leads the top-ranked team in Class B and will play defensive line at MSU, gave his commitment. Then came the Dowler twins, Taco and Caden, a pair of electric and fast wide receiver and defensive backs out of Billings West High. Those three are among four Montana products committed to the Bobcats. The other is Burke Bastel, a lineman from Red Lodge. Montana currently holds commitments from Helena High quarterback Caden Hewitt, Helena linebacker Marcus Evans, Hamilton quarterback Tyson Rostad, Missoula Sentinel defensive end Zach Cruz, and Kalispell Glacier kicker Patrick Rohrbach. A pair of the most noticeable prep football results of the week came from two Western Montana Class B contenders. Fresh off a 52-0 win over defending state champion Manhattan, Florence rolled past number 7 Three Forks 43-0 on Friday. And Loyola, a team that did not score a touchdown last fall, won for the second time this season by outlasting the free-falling Tigers 20-14 in overtime. The biggest upset in the Class AA ranks Friday came when upstart Butte posted a 34-20 win over Hewitt and number 2 Helena High. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Montana. Welcome back in. Nuan is now 1029. ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport located at the corner of Higgins, uh, excuse me, uh, Stevens and Mount here in Missoula. They're new to Missoula. You can also check them out online, nwmsrocks.com. That's NW msrocks.com and they boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. It's time now for our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State Star number one, the first repeat appearance on Treasure State Stars. Patrick O'Connell is the Big Sky Player of the Week. This week, uh, a linebacker for the University of Montana. He had himself a day again, coming off of what I thought was the best individual performance by the by a Grizz defender uh, in Montana's 13-7 win over Washington. O'Connell, by the way, had uh, two sacks and, and three tackles for loss in that one, 13-7 victory for Montana over the number 20-ranked Huskies. O'Connell was every bit of that and then some, two and a half more sacks, three more tackles for loss. So he's among not only the Big Sky Conference, but the national leaders in both those categories already. He led Montana in sacks back in 2019 with 6.5. He's already almost there with four of them already, but he was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week after he spearheaded Montana's outstanding defensive effort. They held Western Illinois to 151 yards of total offense and uh, six total sacks for the Grizzlies, 11 tackles for loss. So Patrick O'Connell our Treasure State star number one, a junior out of Kalispell Glacier, a phenomenal story. I think that he, 
personifies uh, some of the changes that have been made to the program under Bobby Houck's leadership. There's always the talk about Montana natives thriving for the Grizzlies or the Bobcats. And a lot of times it's more than just about opportunity or a prioritization on in-state recruiting. A lot of times it's about finding guys with the right fit, but also it's about developing guys. Patrick O'Connell, I think, had the talent to play at this level coming out of high school. He did not have the opportunity. And so he went to the University of Mary to play baseball. But then when Bobby Houck returned, he decided to return to the football field. And I saw him practice right away, and I saw him flash right away, and I knew he was going to be a good player because I knew he had the desire to do so. But then he has made himself an outstanding player, a potential all-big sky, maybe even all-American type player. So uh, that's definitely what the stories that we love in terms of covering them, and I know that the stories that the fan base loves as well. So Patrick O'Connell, a great personification of what uh, Montana football is all about. Treasure State star number two, another in-state guy, and he's a hometown guy for the Montana State Bobcats, Lance McCutcheon. McCutcheon from Bozeman High School, when he first stepped onto campus at MSU, was physically ready, and he played as a true freshman. He even kind of touched down against Weber State, a long one, but not a lot of balls coming his way only because Montana State just wasn't throwing that much over the last four years during the Jeff Choate era. Well, McCutcheon, he broke out in a big way these last two weeks, including the best day of his career. He's now a senior, and he's getting a lot more opportunities with new head coach Brent Vegan as well as MSU new offensive coordinator Taylor Housewright in the fold. McCutcheon had seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown on Saturday in Montana State's 45-7 victory over Drake. So McCutcheon now almost 200 yards receiving on the year. He's already got two touchdowns. He's been Matt McKay's favorite target so far. Uh, he's been targeted uh, almost two dozen times, and he has 12 catches already. So uh, he is fast approaching already, equaling his best single-season totals, and he's definitely adding a lot to his what, what were, were uh, sort of lacking career totals, not because of him, but because of the offense they were running. So a uh, great opportunity for him in a new offense, and also very cool to see a guy trying to go out on top during his senior year uh, playing for his hometown team. Jump at the high school level. Trader State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Jay Stenson, he touched, tossed four touchdown passes for Butte. He hit Dylan Snyder with two, and uh, four touchdown passes for Jay Stenson helped the Butte Bulldogs. Upset number two, Helena High, 34-20. to Helena High uh, had a couple impressive wins to start the season. They're led by Caden Hewitt, the future Grizz quarterback. Uh, but Butte has been one of the surprises of the state so far. They took Billings Sr. down to the wire in week one, lost on a last-second field goal, 18-17. to uh, and then they've had two big wins, including upsetting the number two team in the state. So maybe it's not an upset because it's early in the season, but Butte 34-20 over Helena. Uh, that's a big win for the Bulldogs. Treasure State star number four, Tyson Rostad. He's a Grizz commit as well. He's from a number one Hamilton. Rostad threw three touchdown passes and ran for two more. Hamilton rolled up 30 second quarter points, and they cruised to a 44-20 victory over Frenchtown. So the Bronx... Uh, the the Hamilton Bronx undefeated so far, 3-0, and uh, and a lot of points being scored. Tyson Rostad's really got that offense rolling. Uh, Bryce Carver, former Grizz and uh, Dylan Product, who's the head coach there at Hamilton, uh, he's doing a great job of operating that offensive system and calling the plays. But the Frenchtown Bronx, they're 1-2, and two, and they, they, uh, they're a talented team, but they have some big-time names to replace from a year ago, and also they've had a, a tough schedule here uh, right out the gates. Trevor State star number five, Jarrett Wilson. 
he, he threw for 247 yards and six touchdowns. He's now got 13 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. He's got almost 900 yards passing in just two games. So the junior quarterback from Polson High, he continues to just roll it up. Uh, so he is uh, definitely a, a burgeoning and uh, potentially uh, blossoming prospect up there in the Flathead Valley up in uh, Polson. Uh, but Jerry Wilson throw for a million yards, but he's also been very efficient. He's completing about 80% of his passes, 13 touchdowns and no picks through two games already. Charter State star number six, Pat Duchesne. He ran for two touchdowns and passed for two more. Forrest Carlton, they are straight rolling. They're the number one team in Class B. They just whipped Manhattan, the defending state champs, 52 to nothing last week. And then this week, 43 to zero over number seven, Three Forks. Duchesne had runs of 16 and 45 yards. He also threw scoring passes of 10 yards to Ryan Winters and 40 yards to Caden Zaluski and uh, the Falcons. They were up 43-0 at halftime, so they really, really, really got it rolling. Treasure State star number five, Taylor Reynolds. He's the son of Chase Reynolds, former record-setting running back for the University of Montana and a guy who played in the NFL for six years. But Taylor, he's at Missoula Loyola. He had three touchdowns, and his third touchdown of the night from 20 yards out came in overtime, and that was the difference from Missoula Loyola as they defeated Manhattan. So Manhattan's now lost two in a row. Uh, Loyola won 20 to 14 in overtime. So, uh, outstanding effort by Todd Hughes' squad there for the Rams. Loyola, they took their lumps last year. They did not have good numbers. They did not win a game. I don't believe they even scored a touchdown. So, the fact that they are off to a two and one start, a uh, huge turning point for Todd Hughes and his team. So, we'll circle back around. Todd Hughes, one of our favorite guys around here. Uh, but we will. We'll get you all updated and maybe catch up with Coach Hughes uh, before this week is over. What else is on the docket for this week? We'll let you know all of that and preview the weekend that's upcoming around the state of Montana as well. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What up, Montana? Hope you're having an outstanding Tuesday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on your Tuesday. It's Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Coming to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. 
online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Outstanding show today, Andrew Houghton, ESPN Missoula's newest correspondent and contributor at SkylineSportsMT.com, swung by to give us uh, all the lowdown on Bishop Sycamore, which is just endlessly funny, as well as take a look around the Big Sky Conference, some scores from around the league. We also heard from Bryson Smith, assistant pro at the Missoula Country Club and the guy that heads up the youth program over there at MCC. They had an outstanding summer uh, for some of the youth here in Missoula. They were the, one of the best in the state. They qualified for regionals, and they were one stroke away from making it to the national uh, tournament. We also gave you some Tagliari Deli. We also heard Andrew's new segment, the 4015, which is an excerpt from the new soccer podcast we have here at Missoula Broadcasting, as well as ESPN Missoula. And uh, this week, Andrew caught up with Chris Chitavitsky, the head coach for the women's soccer team at Montana. Also had Justin Angle in studio for the business angle, an overlay between business and sports. We talked mobile ticketing, sports gambling, beer at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and everything in between. And then, of course, because it's a Tuesday, we had our weekly Trader State Stars highlighting some of the best performances from around the state of Montana. If you want to find anything from today's show, you can find it on the podcast, or you can find it archived on YouTube as well. The podcast, though, is available on all your podcast hosting platforms. It is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Tomorrow, Sean Rainey is going to swing by. We're going to give you some uh, insight into the NFL week that was and the NFL week that will be, uh, some gambling thoughts, some sports bet thoughts, it's also a Wednesday, so that means we'll have fancy football advice as part of our Wing It Wednesday, uh, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We'll also hear from Dale Lindsay as part of our ESPN Roundtable. Lindsay is the head coach for San Diego, but he is much, much more than that. He has lived a life of football. He's been either in the NFL or the college ranks for 50, count them, 50 years. So we'll catch up with him. We'll also hear from Diego Hammett as part of the debut of our River City Runners segment. All that and more tomorrow, 4 p.m. We'll see you then. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.